It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Washington football team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are locked on to the Washington football team with the Locked On Washington football team podcast. I'm Chris Russell flying solo tonight. Once again, David Harrison is out. He'll return on the next episode and then I'll be out as we work a little bit separately because of birthdays and my travels to see my children in Canton, Ohio and on the Buffalo Sunday afternoon where the Washington football team will visit the Buffalo Bills. You can hear my radio show with Pete Medhurst, Russell and Medhurst show on the Team 980, the Washington football team flagship radio station in the DMV area. That's the Washington, D.C. area. Monday through Friday, 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern time. You can check out David on SI.com's Fan Nation and more. You can follow him at dharrison82, at dharrison82. You can follow me on Twitter at Russellmania621. That's at Russellmania621. And follow the podcast on Twitter, now unsuspended, at LockWFTPod. Thanks, Twitter. We have no idea why you did what you did. We are free and available on all platforms. And before we begin this crossover Thursday edition of the Locked On Washington and Locked On Bills podcast. We remind you that the Locked On NFL Draft podcast relaunched this week, and it has the brand new host, Eric Crocker, bringing the player scouting, Ryan Tracy bringing the analytics. Follow the Locked On Draft podcast on YouTube, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcast. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to have a quick news and notes segment, and then Joe Marino and I from Locked on Bills are going to get together and break down this matchup in just a couple of moments. But first, two things. Injury report from Wednesday's practice, which again was the second practice of the week because of this weird Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday schedule that Ron Rivera has uh, this week. Matt Ioannidis did not practice. Antonio Gibson was limited with a shoulder Outside of the coordinators speaking, that was really about the most noteworthy news of the day and uh, the only kind of relevant news of the day, I suppose. You can check out some videos on my Twitter at Russellmania621 and uh, David also retweeted them on the show Twitter at LockedWFTPod. That's at LockedWFTPod. Now... Just one thing to keep in mind, pass rush will be very important, obviously, against Josh Allen and the Bills, which he has struggled a little bit. He's hard to contain. He's big. He's athletic. He's mobile. He's got a gun for an arm. Montez Sweat has a sack in each of the last five games that the Washington football team has played in, including the playoffs. Going back to last year, week 16, 17, the wild card game against Tampa's, and weeks one and two. That's the longest active sack streak, one or more sack per game in the NFL. 
and the longest by a Washington player since Brian Arakpo's five-game streak in 2016. I forgot Ryan, Brian Arakpo played that long here. I thought he was gone before that, but I guess he did. Uh, that is according to Washington PR. So something to keep in mind, the Bills offensive line has kind of struggled here. And that's something we'll certainly address with Joe Marino, especially when he takes his turn. Uh, and I ask him a couple of questions. That's coming up next, crossover Thursday, locked on Bills, locked on Washington football team. But guys, as we always tell you about, if you need a place to go for auto parts, for your car or your truck, for a domestic, new or old, vanity or manufacturer related, you don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to go out of your house or your apartment or your office or wherever you might be. Just dial it up, rockauto.com, and you can get whatever part you need at a great price. And you're not going to pay those dealership prices. You're not going to pay the big auto parts superstar prices. Nope, you are going to pay the very best price. And they're going to be able to get you whatever you need at rockauto.com. So here's what we want you to do. We want you to avoid those big chain stores. We want you to avoid the factory dealerships. They're going to charge you more for labor, more for parts, all of that. I know some of you have warranties. Got it. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car or truck will ever need at rockauto.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Joe Marino of Locked On Bills, joined now by Chris Russell, the host of the Washington football team podcast. And Chris, let's start with this. What's the new name of this team going to be? You, you could tell us. You, you don't have to worry about any of the listeners leaking this out. What's what's the yeah, new, uh, what's nobody's the new name listening, right? No. Uh, nobody, nobody cares about this type of information, Joe. I have no idea. I mean, some people think it's going to be the commanders. Uh, I know it's not going to be the Washington football team that, uh, you know, I, I think there was some internal debate. I know there was in terms of keeping that and 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 not upheaving, you know, if that makes sense, uh, everything that they've done to change it to that. Right. It was a very, 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 very costly venture. Uh, and, you know, like now you've imprinted Washington football team in a lot of people's minds. Right. As, as silly as that might be to some. Um, but I, they lost a, um, a ruling with the, uh, with the trademark board or, or committee or however that works in terms of the, you know, the laws and all that stuff, uh, because it was too substantially similar to something uh, called the Washington Football Club, which somebody also had the trademark for. There's been a strong push for Red Wolves to kind of blend the old name Redskins, Red and red wolves are like, you know, a species that, you know, are uh, an endangered species, quite honestly. And, and a lot of young fans like that. I don't think they're going there because there's also, again, trademark issues. Uh, and it's, it becomes very complicated. Uh, and, and I think it's going to be a name that 
a lot of people are not going to like, uh, either a Commanders or an Armada or something like that. Honestly, I, I'd tell you if I knew, uh, but President Jason Wright uh, would probably, if he told me, which he has not, and then I told you, then he would have to kill me and you mm. and all of your listeners just as a measure of revenge. And, well, and that, I know that sounds graphic, but that's probably what he would have to do. Let's uh, let's pivot to talking about the football <laughs> game, so that way we're all safe. Hey, I'm so a fan you, of the Washington Armada idea. I hope that's yeah, what they Joe, do. You you asked. I mean, I you know, know like I like know. I like I'm not gonna. I can't just give you a straight boring answer of I don't right. know, Joe. <laughs> well, you know, it, it took a turn there at the end, Chris, that I wasn't <laughs> expecting. I regretted asking the question. I'm sorry. No. All right, maybe kill is strong, but maybe he would have to <laughs> stuff us in a in a in a bag with dirty jock straps. How about oh, that? All right. We'll we'll take that. Um, all right, so we got a football game to talk about. A couple of one and one teams. Uh, I'm high on Washington this year, Chris. I picked them to win the NFC East. Dude, dude, I did I cool on that a little bit with Brian Fitzpatrick going down? Maybe, but I like Taylor Heineke, and, and I talked about him a lot yesterday on the Lockdown mm -hmm. Bills podcast. But I want to hear from you. Tell us about this quarterback and and what his skill set is and what you think his upside is running this Washington offense. Yeah, so I'm not sure how you broke them down, but we can obviously engage here after I give my spiel. And this is um, this is something that I've struggled with. Here, here's what I know about Taylor Heineke. He's got a little magic in in that arm and in that body, right? Isn't it not a big body? It's not Josh Allen. Um, he's got a lot of mobility. He seems to have, I'm going to say this, a touch, a touch, not exactly comparing him to, but Bills fans, and Joe, you, as a guy who grew up in Western New York, will remember he's got a touch of Doug Flutie in him. He really mm -hmm. does, in my opinion. Now, maybe that's a stretch. I covered Doug Flutie, so I think I know what I'm talking about, okay? Um, that being said, I don't know if he's the long-term answer here. I know this. He's really good throwing on the run. He keeps his eyes up. He keeps his mechanics pretty much in gear. He can flip his hips. Uh, he doesn't get all out of whack like some quarterbacks do. He doesn't put his eyes down and take massive hits. I think when when either on the run because he's forced to or on the run by design. I think he's really good, Joe, in two-minute and tempo situations. Um, I like the, the Washington football team now that this has been a more normal practice week to do more tempo by design. And that doesn't mean you have to do it for eight or nine plays like you would maybe a two minute situation, but you can do it for two or three plays. You can do it on a third and one. And if you're planning on going for it on fourth and one, which they kind of did last Thursday night when they sneaked it with Taylor Heineke under center. Oh, by the way, he's not under center a whole lot. Uh, rarely. Uh, most of the time it's in gun pistol. Um, you know, and, and look, his arm strength, uh, and I don't know what you think his arm strength is not, I mean, it's not Josh Allen. Let's, let's put it that way. It's not Brett Favre. It's not Aaron Rodgers. but he has an uncanny ability to in the intermediate to maybe a little bit more than the intermediate area. Um, he has an uncanny ability to be accurate and, and, and he's really good in tight spots, especially in the red zone so far. Now he did make one big mistake at the end of the game uh, last Thursday night. I think that was because Terry McLaurin got bumped off his route uh, by a linebacker crossing underneath and Taylor was expecting him to be in a spot. 
and um, James Bradbury basically was able to get around it, ripped it off. That's going to happen. We all know quarterbacks are going to make mistakes, especially young quarterbacks. He's still very inexperienced. But in a nutshell, I think Taylor Heineke has a little some magic. And again, just because I'm with you, maybe it's a stretch, but I, I, I think there's a little bit of Doug Flutie at Doug Flutie's best in Taylor Heineke, if that makes sense. It does, Chris. And I spent a good amount of time yesterday kind of preaching this message to Lockdown Bills listeners of don't don't take this guy lightly. Don't underestimate him. Don't think that just because he's 28, a UDFA has bounced around that he can't play a little bit because we saw him give Tampa Bay all they could handle in the playoffs last year. We saw them. We saw him look really good against the Giants. I, I dug into his splits. Really good play action passer. Has a nice deep ball. Uh, does well in terms of uh, extending plays. And when he holds onto the football for more than two and a half seconds, he's got the second best passer rating in the NFL right now. So. This guy can play, and I think I kept on saying diamond in the rough possibility in uh, in the podcast yesterday, and I think you kind of bringing that to a Doug Flutie uh, front, right, kind of making that comparison and, and painting that type of picture, I think it's a really good way to put it, Chris, uh, because it's not a typical, okay, you're going up against a backup quarterback that's been a journeyman that really mm-hmm. hasn't played. Heineke's look good whenever he gets on the field, and I don't want Bills fans to underestimate what he can do with this offense. Yeah, I don't know how long it's going to last. You know, like like with Doug, right? There was a, and Bills fans remember this, there was a shelf life overall. And there was also the, the issue, um, you know, like when Bill Belichick and Bill Parcells were paired together in New England and then the Jets or whatever, and they weren't the only ones, but they were the, the, the most noticeable ones for me back based on my memory, where, you know, if you were able to keep Heineke slash Flutie in the pocket and on his landmark and on his spot, he he would be in some trouble, right? Because he didn't have the natural arm strength. He didn't have the ability to be Houdini and run all around and break down coverage and all that stuff. So if the Bills can do that, and listen, I you know, I, we'll get into the Bills and, and when I ask you some questions, but just what I've seen so far between uh, Epinesa and uh, and and obviously Rousseau, and then blitzing. I, I saw blitzes on that first series against Tua from the secondary, Micah Hyde coming around the edge, uh, the corner coming around the edge, um, Leslie Frazier and, and Sean McDermott, who this staff knows very well, meaning Ron Rivera, because they were all together in Carolina, as everybody knows, um, you know, showing four, dropping one out, bringing in extra one. They're going to see some looks. Sam yeah. Cosme, the new rookie right tackle uh, out of Texas, is going to see some looks that he hasn't seen with the talent matched up. It's one thing to see looks and to know scheme and to see cards in practice. It's another thing to match it up in a game situation with 70,000 and also at game speed and with Rousseau or or, or Epinesa opposite of you. So I'm very concerned about how Heineke and Washington's offense processes all of that. They'll hit some, but can they do it if they have to do it 40 plus times? I don't think so. Yeah. I said on the podcast yesterday, I thought a, a defensive game plan similar to that, which they used against Miami is, is a good idea for this Washington offense. Um, let's shift gears to the defensive side of the football where, Washington is unbelievably talented. I mean, first-round picks all over the place, really, really good football players. They were great last year, right? Number two defense in the NFL. They got a lot of takeaways, tough to score on. But 2021 so far, it's it's been a bit of a disappointing start for the defense in terms of 
meeting the expectations that were really high for them so far this season. So we know they're really talented, but what is what is contributing to a slow start for this defense? Well, uh, the short answer is the defensive line, and specifically Chase Young, has not been dominant enough. Um, and, and because that's the overwhelming strength of their team, they haven't been able to make up for the issues on the back seven uh, at the linebacker and at the cornerback level specifically, or at the cornerback position, I guess. So let me unwind this for you, Joe, real quickly. Uh, Montez Sweat is, is really good and has been the best, I think, of the two pairing uh, going back to last year in Chase's rookie year. I think Chase... Uh, and I know you watch a lot of college tape. I think Chase won a lot on speed and natural athleticism and power and strength at Ohio State. And I think, quite honestly, he, they, maybe, were expecting more of that here on the NFL level. And, and at times, he has had, obviously, tremendous success. Nobody's saying that he's been a bust or a failure or anything like that. He's been good. Has he been dominant? No. Has he been unbelievably explosive? No. Has he won against some really questionable offensive lines? No, not enough. And, you know, the Giants, they've invested a lot in their offensive line, so I wasn't expecting complete domination. But you go back and watch an ISO tape of that, Chase hasn't developed those counter spin moves, the counter rips, the, you know, the different things that great pass rushers at this level have to develop. And maybe it will come, but it hasn't yet consistently. Um, Jonathan Allen's been awesome, especially last Thursday night. Deron Payne, when he's on, he's great. Matt Ioannidis, always injured, but when he's injured, uh, when he's in, he, he can bull rush and drive you back and give anybody fits. Don't know if he's going to play this game. He's dealing with a knee. I think he'll be okay. Uh, he did come back last Thursday night, but he hasn't practiced early on this week. The... The, the Washington defense has struggled on the back seven and, you know, rookie Jamin Davis first round, first round pick out of Kentucky was a surprise pick. I think for a lot of people, and he's been slow to develop, but it's, it does look like the light bulb is coming on a little bit and he's getting a little bit more comfortable. Got great natural athleticism. John Bostic has been either really good at times or really, really bad at times. And that's a guy that you got to pick on if you're Buffalo. The corners have been the most disappointing part for me. Just to shorten this up, Joe, William Jackson III has been beaten by a touchdown. Uh, had two defensive pass interferences. One would have led to a touchdown if he didn't commit it. Uh, he he doesn't have an interception inside the five on Justin Herbert. That was a great play. Uh, but he's, again, two defensive pass interference and it's been beaten for a touchdown, has given up a number of pass big plays or, or, or good score, you know, good play strikes, big play strikes, if you will. So that's been disappointing as he's kind of converted to playing man corner the way they want him to play man corner, which is with his eyes through to the quarterback, which almost seems like more of a zone uh, than man, but that's what they want. And he missed a lot of time in the preseason. Kendall Fuller has been a guy that, you know, has, has been here twice now and was here last year and he's gotten off to a slow start. Now he's gone against some really good receivers, but I mean, hell, guess what? That's what you do every week in the NFL, especially you know, this Sunday in Buffalo, it ain't going to be easy when you go against Stefan Diggs and, and the guys that you guys have. And, oh, yeah, I know Josh Allen struggled a little bit, uh, but 
you know, it, it hasn't been pretty. I mean, you can pick on both of those guys, and until they start playing at a higher level, this Washington defense, in conjunction with some of the inconsistency that I mentioned elsewhere, is not going to be anywhere close to being great, never mind dominant. So when you consider this matchup overall on Sunday against the Bills, are there any areas that you identify for Washington as potential advantages that could lead to a win? I mean, we're talking about a, a Bills team at home, nine-point favorites right now. Mm -hmm. So when you take those advantages and you think about what the script looks like for Washington to come in and, and claim an upset win, what are, what are the things that come to mind for you? Well, you know, um, I mean, I guess I'll boil it down to this. I mean, that defensive line, as we kind of just touched on, is capable of dominating any game that they want, right? So if they decide to take it over and if they make the Bills one-dimensional and not allow Devin Singletary to, you know, run up the gut for, uh, what was it, a 70-yard touchdown run, Joe? I, I forget. 46, 46. Oh, 46. Okay, <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought it was a little bit longer. My bad. Um you know, if they allow, if they shut down the Bills running game and make Buffalo one dimensional, that could be danger or it could be really good when you have that kind of pass rush and you pin your ears back and get after things, right? I mean, it'll all depend probably on that. One other area that, you know, might be an advantage for Buff uh, for Washington would be special teams. Dustin Hopkins, their place kicker, has struggled. I think everybody saw what happened at the end of the Thursday night game. Uh, he missed another one against uh, the Los Angeles Chargers. He's had a rough offseason, a rough camp, a rough preseason. Uh, if he, uh, but but there's times where he's really, really good. If he's on his mark, and and of course the wind uh, and the weather shouldn't be that bad Sunday in Buffalo. That could be an advantage for Washington. Tressway, their punter, is one of the best punters. In the game, their special teams return. DeAndre Carter, very good so far. Um, much better than anything they've had here uh, in a while. So that could flip the script. We all remember the block punt from Pittsburgh or mm -hmm. Pittsburgh again. You know, so maybe that is so, – and, and again, maybe I'm stretching here, but I, I've got to find a way if I'm Washington to win this game in another way other than going mano a mano. I'm going to shut you down with my dominant defense versus your pretty good offense because I don't have a dominant defense right now. You know, uh, and, and then, oh, by the way, and I've been telling my audience this, both on the Locked on Washington football team podcast and my daily radio show, Joe, um, if you think that you're going to go based on last year's Bills defensive statistics and have a field day passing and moving the football, eh, not happening. Not happening. I'm not saying that they won't put up yardage in the end and points in the end, but it's not happening for 60 minutes. So... This Bills defense to me is much better, and I'm, I'm guessing you would agree, much better than they were last year. And, and, and you cannot count on Taylor Heineke, again, just whipping a magic you know, rabbit out of his hat and, and delivering you like he did basically on Thursday night and like he has at other times. This defense is going to have to be a lot better. And one thing I know, they have struggled against high-octane offenses. They have, they have not been good against high-octane, legit offenses. And I know the Bills aren't, you know, as great as people want them to be right now, but they have the ability to be great if they want to be. All right, this is the Locked On Washington football team podcast crossover Thursday with Joe Marino of the Locked On Bills podcast. 
He's coming back with us for another segment, and we're back and better than ever, guys. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on the field to kick off another football season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action. New updated site interface, even more odds, props, contests. BetOnline.ag continues to be your number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit. Just for signing up, don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. Football, basketball, boxing, hockey, whatever you want, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Washington football fans, I'm Chris Russell with an incredible app. Everyone who buys gas, and that's you, and that's you, and that's me, needs to know about. It's called Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up when you use the Get Upside app. Download it in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN. That's right. We want plenty of those for the Washington football team and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. With the price of gas now, who couldn't use 50 cents off your first fill-up? Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month. If you're a big commuter, you know how fortunate you will be for that. You'll get the cash back. There's no catch. Goes right back into your account. You can cash out anytime from your bank account, PayPal, or any gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN or get up to 50 cents per gallon back on your first tank. That's code TOUCHDOWN and get upside now. All right, back here on the Crossover Thursday edition of Locked On, a Washington football team and Locked On Buffalo Bills podcast, Locked On Bills podcast with my colleague today, Joe Marino, does just a tremendous job uh, covering the Buffalo Bills. Uh, And we get his insight now as we head towards this week three matchup. Uh, Joe, again, thanks for doing this. Let's start with the offense. Obviously, a dominant 35-0 effort in Miami, but they struggled in week one. It wasn't a dominant offensive effort, I would say, for you know, maybe the first part of the game last Sunday in Miami, but they got it going. What has what has stood out to you about maybe some of Josh Allen's struggles, some of the offensive unit struggles early on in this 2021 season? Well, in, in week one, it was definitely pass protection where the Bills really struggled with what Pittsburgh offered in TJ Watt and Cameron Hayward and uh, Melvin Ingram, Alex Highsmith. The, the Bills struggled to block those guys and it threw off the entire rhythm of the offense. And, you know, they ran the ball okay, but they were chasing the big plays. I mean, 51 passing attempts, 270 yards passing for Josh Allen's not great. Uh, so the efficiency wasn't there against Pittsburgh. But, you know, the same thing was true last year amid the Bills run where they averaged, you know, the over 30 points per game. And Josh Allen was number two in the MVP voting. They still had that hiccup against Pittsburgh. Things got better against Miami in week two. The pass protection was better. They still ran the ball very well, but you didn't see Josh Allen play to the level that you saw last year, especially against Miami, a team that he's absolutely uh, well dominated for 
the right word, right? He's dominated Miami throughout his career, and it wasn't that same level of performance. And so I think this passing game is still finding its way. And some of the contributing factors, I think, high on that list is incorporating Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, so far, 17% of Josh Allen's passing attempts have been targeted to Emmanuel Sanders, and he's got six catches on 14 targets. And so there's not been mm. the same efficiency that you like there. I mean, sub 50% throwing to a guy like Emmanuel Sanders. So incorporating him has been a challenge. I think the Bills are getting a lot less blitz uh, so far in 2021 versus 2020. The blitz rate against the Bills is down 17%. So you're seeing teams choose to flood the coverage zones and send less pressure towards Josh Allen. And, you know, there's just not as much much space to fit the football with dropping seven and eight players on nearly every single play against your, your passing offense. And so that's been a bit of a shift that um, Josh Allen's had to deal with. And so it's going to be interesting against, against Washington, who I think is third right now in the NFL in blitz rate on defense, to see if they continue to blitz heavily or if they replicate what Pittsburgh did and a little bit of what Miami did and choose to play a bit more coverage and flood those zones and trust that you can get organic pass rush. And we know that Washington's got sweat and pain and, and Allen and Young up front and Ioannidis, if he's available, those guys can get organic pressure. So they can do that. They can drop players into coverage and trust their front four to get home. And I think that's going to be a really big storyline because uh, you kind of add up all these things, and I think that's contributed to the Bills' slow start passing the football um, but, you know, two good defenses in Miami and Pittsburgh, two opponents that are very familiar, obviously a divisional opponent in Miami who has been, you know, trying everything to slow down Josh Allen for the last several years. And then Pittsburgh, who the Bills play seemingly every year, and we know what they have on defense. So it's it's kind of a get right game, if you will, uh, the, for the Bills. They want to show that they can be the offense everyone expects them to be, which is funny because you have a Washington defense that's out to prove the same thing. And so yeah. you have two units here that are supposed to be the strengths of the team. And, um, you know, they're looking to put it all together here this week. So it should be a fun, a fun game to watch from that perspective. Um, one more on the offense uh, mentioned Singletary um, and, and the touchdown run that he had. Um, one of my frustrations from an outside perspective last year was that Buffalo did not want to, or was not able to consistently rely on the ground game. Is that going to be, um, I, I guess the best way to ask this, it, it, with the struggles that you mentioned of the offensive line and pass pro, with the struggles overall of the offense, is that going to be a little bit more of a point of emphasis for them, maybe early in games to see if they can get that on track? Um, or it, was that just, you know, oh, you know, we'll do this because, all right, we kind of have to do this and, and we got we hit a successful one. Um, meaning, is it going to be a little bit more of the DNA than I, from an outside perspective, saw last year? You know, I think the Bills at their core want to put three, four, five receivers on the field almost every play mm -hmm. and pass it. I mean, that's their identity, throwing the football to wide receivers. And they'll run the ball when they need to. Um, and I think they've ran the ball well so far through two games this year. Kind of, kind of a bright spot for the offense, yeah. if you will. Um, so will they continue to ride that a little bit? Maybe, but when you continue to see these empty formations and just, you know, like I said, literally three plus receivers on the field over 90% of the time so far this year, we know that the bills at their core and their identity is that they want to spread you out. They want to space the field 
and they want to want they want to let Josh Allen, you know, toss the ball all over the yard. And they've invested a lot in these wide receivers, um, very deep at the wide receiver position, and and that's their bread and butter. So I I think there's a chance that they will ride the run game a little bit more this year if the passing game doesn't catch up to where it was last year. But I still think at their core, they want to air it out, space you out, and throw the football all over the field. Yeah, and and that makes sense, obviously, when you have a guy that you've identified as your franchise quarterback and the the progress that Josh Allen has made, especially from an accuracy standpoint over the last couple of years compared to where he was early in his NFL career and certainly uh, at Wyoming. Joe, I wanted to flip the script and ask you about this Bills defense. Uh, Obviously, when you pitch a bagel in the NFL, that's pretty darn good, right? I, I don't think anybody thinks Miami is a good offense. Uh, but, you know, you go on the road and you pitch a shutout, you know, you go, oh, OK. Uh, when I watched back that game initially, uh, I saw, again, a lot of creative pass rush setups. And maybe it's not that creative, uh, but 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 it stood out to me again. Uh, Sean McDermott, Leslie Frazier kind of mixing and matching, sending different guys, showing different looks, dropping guys out, uh, sending different guys and then pressuring early on from the secondary. Micah Hyde had a sack. The corner had a sack uh, or a a big hit on two early. And then you have the two young bucks, Rousseau and uh, Epinosa. Um, If I'm saying his name right, I I apologize if I just screwed that up. Uh, Epinesa. Um, How much better is this Bill's defense through two games to your eye. I know statistically they're going to be better because of the shot. How much better is this Bills defense than the Bills defense that finished up last year? Well, you know, it's been interesting watching this defense evolve under Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier, who took over in 2017. And in 2018 and 2019, they were top three in the NFL in total defense. Mm -hmm. Last year, they fell to 14th, and I think a lot of that was due to injuries. Uh, their linebackers were hurt all year long in Milano and Edmonds. Uh, Starla Tulele opted out of the season. They didn't quite have the defensive line rotation where they wanted it to be. And then uh, they had injuries at cornerback opposite of Tredavious White, where you have you know Josh Norman, who Washington fans know well, having to play quite a bit. Levi Wallace was injured. And so they're healthy. They've got the right mix up front that they like. They get star back. And, and you're seeing this defense kind of go back to where we saw them back in 20. Uh, 18 and 2019, and a lot of those pieces are still in place. I mean, you've got a back seven here, at your linebackers and your entire secondary, including your slot corner, that have basically been together since 2017. And so you have a lot of time on task, and your communication is on point. Everybody knows each other. They can play off of each other. They've seen every route combination. They've been coached through every scenario you can imagine, and that's such an asset for them on the back seven. Now you add all these young pass rushers that they've invested in over the last two offseasons. You've mentioned A.J. Epinesa, who was terrific last week in his second season. Gregory Rousseau, their first-round pick this year, has played really well through two games. Uh, they're you know obviously have veterans in Jerry Hughes and, and Mario Addison, Ed Oliver's kind of coming along. So you you have these these defensive linemen that are that are meeting expectations to go with a back seven that's played together, that's you know littered with really talented football players that are either first-round picks or mm-hmm. guys that have earned big contracts. And so uh, you have good coaching, good talent, and guys that have been together for a while and you're seeing this defense play to its capability so far through two games. And so um, I think they've, they've been terrific. I mean, they're pressuring the quarterback. Neither team has, I think that the Pittsburgh had 252 total yards and, and 
Miami had less than that. Neither team scored in the first half of either game. I mean, you're seeing a defense that's coming along, and uh, certainly Washington presents some challenges. I, I mean, Terry McLaurin is unbelievable at wide receiver. This running back situation with uh, Antonio Gibson and Jake uh, McKissick, those guys play off each other. They're versatile. Gibson's big, explosive, can catch the football, run inside, outside. You know, they, they've, they'd love to have Curtis Samuel available, but Logan Thomas is coming along at tight end. He earned a contract. Some really nice pieces on the offensive line, and we know that Heineke is kind of this X factor, if you will. So I think Washington is, uh, is a good test for them to kind of see where they're at, and you know, I think we can all speak to Miami and de- offensively, they're not they're not there yet or close to it. And Pittsburgh with Ben Roethlisberger, kind of in his limitations at this point in his career, they're not there yet with a couple rookie offensive linemen. So I think this might be the best offense the Bills have faced to this point, and I'm interested in seeing how they fare against uh, a, a really talented offense with a, a good coordinator there in Scott Turner that I think is one of the upcoming stars in the league. Well, yeah, I, and I agree with you. I mean, Scott Turner gets a lot of criticism around here. I think a lot of it is unjust, but uh, that's neither here nor there. I wanted to wrap this up if we have time for one more and ask you a big picture question that uh, a lot of us in the media have focused on. Uh, maybe the fans don't care about as much, but I care about it, and I think it's important. Ron Rivera, obviously, was the head coach in Charlotte, uh, in Carolina, um, and, and Sean McDermott was his defensive coordinator and Brandon Bean was the assistant general manager. Uh, and, you know, of course, Dave Gettleman and um, uh, and Marty Herney were the general managers at different times in Carolina. So everybody knows everybody. Yeah. I know Ron heavily depended on Brandon uh, and, and Sean last year when he got here to Washington and was dealing with everything he was dealing with. There is a lot of innate familiarity with these two organizations, schemes, Uh, personnel, people, cultures, all that. Um, When I, I guess the best way to ask this is how has Buffalo turned a, a somewhat moribund, proud NFL franchise in a great city, 17 years, no playoffs around what, is there one or two things that, that you focus on as the thing? I mean, I assume Josh Allen is one of them, but is it culture? Is it something else? Is it a steadfast resolve? What would you put a finger on that led to the overall change from Buffalo, you know, no playoffs for a long time into a perennial contender? Yeah, it's a great question. And I, I, at the core of it is Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean. And they've done a good job of bringing in good football players. You know, hitting on a quarterback helps. They've got a good coaching staff. But it goes back to the culture. It's the messaging. It's the leadership that those guys bring to the table and have completely changed the dynamics in Buffalo and how they're perceived across the NFL. They're you know one of the darlings of the league right now, and that's because of the foundation that has been laid for multiple years now by Sean McDermott. And um, they've created what I would consider to be a family atmosphere where these players, they love each other. I mean, that is a very normal word, love, that players love each other. When you have that type of commitment to one another, you're not just playing for yourself. You're playing because you don't want to let the people around you down. And that's going to cause you to do you know, a little bit more in the weight room and watch a little bit more film and give a little bit more effort on the practice field. And they really do embrace that. I mean, their families are all close. You see countless, you know, uh, social media posts of all the players, wives and girlfriends getting together and kids playing together and having barbecues over at people's 
houses and teammates hosting each other. I mean, this is a deep-rooted locker room where people just care a lot about each other. And, and I think as a, as a result of that and as a result of, you know, world-class facilities that the ownership has provided to this football team, I mean, it just redid their training and practice center, and it's, you know, it's t- top-notch, everything you could ever imagine. Uh, Sean McDermott continues to preach this message of, we want people to come to Buffalo and be the best version of themselves. And I think you continue to see that with players that come into the facility and, and how they have their best seasons and how, you know, how much they speak highly of, of playing for this team. And so it's the leadership, it's the culture. And I'll tell you what, um, they got a guy there in Ron Rivera that can do that in, in Washington. And, and I live in Charlotte. I watched him coach this Carolina Panthers football team for, uh, was it nine years? And mm-hmm. here's what I'll say. I, th- the best thing I could say about Ron Rivera and how much he is revered in this community is you know, I went to a Charlotte Hornets game one time. Mm-hmm. And you know how they'll, they'll put celebrities or whatever it, it, right. on the big screen and everyone goes crazy. And so I'm watching this happen and it's Julius Peppers. Oh, everybody goes crazy. It's Steve Smith. Everybody goes crazy. Luke Keekley. Everybody goes crazy. Cam Newton. Everybody goes crazy. Ron Rivera gets on the screen. The place loses its mind. Hmm. I mean, absolutely revered in this town. And let's be honest, like the team did okay. And they won their Super Bowl run, but he was the coach for nine seasons and they had a winning record only, only three, three times. times, right? Right. Like I mean, you know times? what I mean? Like there wasn't yeah. that much success, Chris. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and when he got fired, it kind of caused everybody to take a look at this because everybody loved him. Even if they, even if the team didn't do well, he's their guy. Right. And I'm like, okay, they fired this guy. And then you look at the results. It's like nine years, three winning seasons. This is kind of surprising. And it, I think that speaks to his leadership and what he meant to this community and just being a high class human being with great character. And I mean, this guy benched Cam Newton for not wearing a tie on an airplane at a primetime yeah. football game. He yeah. has very, you know, the standard is the standard with Coach Rivera. And I hope the results, you know, go in his favor because for for a guy who's been in the league now, it's 10 seasons as an NFL head coach, three winning seasons. The guys won the division twice, right? With a winning, with a losing record, with a losing record. It's just unbelievable. (laughs) This guy's had the weirdest career anyone's ever had. He's been the coach of the year. Uh, you know, so not, uh, not, to, think, not to mention he dealt with the Jerry Richardson oh scandal in, in Charlotte yeah. and then immediately comes here and is engulfed yeah. by the aura of Dan Snyder yeah. and then a name change and cancer and, yeah. you know, every and people have been somewhat tough on him. Yeah, uh, I, I guess, you know, from a football perspective here in Washington, uh, this is a weird market, man. This is a there's a lot of anger and a lot of hostility in this fan base. So I'm with you. I hope it works out uh, for Ron. But 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 these two organizations are I don't want to I don't want to say they're joined at the hip, but there is a very, 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 very similar and consistent philosophy in terms of how you build a franchise and that word culture, which Ron uses all the time that you used at first. Um, the one difference right now is they ha- you guys have Josh Allen. Washington has what they hope, hope could be lightning in a bottle and maybe somebody that buys them time and maybe turns into be this great success story. They don't have Josh Allen. <laughs> well, look, I mean, year one was last year. The Bills started with McDermott in 17, backdoored in the playoffs in 2017, yep. just like Washington yep. did. Yep. And I think that's a good start. And, you know, let's, let's, let's look at this in three or four more years. And yeah. 
you know, I think you'll be real happy with where this football team no is and a big time situation to come out of. And Ron Rivera, the right leader, I think, in my mind, uh, to, to kind of get things right in Washington. No doubt. Joe, this has been fun. Uh, pre- I appreciate you hooking up uh, and uh, and doing all this uh, with us. Uh, I know our uh, fan base is smarter uh, because of your insight and analysis. Uh, you do tremendous work, uh, not only on the Bills, but everything uh, NFL and college and, and all of that good stuff. It's great to uh, hook up with you, and uh, and I'm sure we'll talk again real soon, okay? My pleasure, Chris. I enjoyed it. All right, that's going to do it for us right here on a crossover Thursday edition of the Locked On Washington football team podcast, along with Joe Marino of the Locked On Bills podcast. Of course, betting on the NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the all-new Locked On Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast wherever you get your podcast. It's brought to you by betonline.ag. If you have a question or something you want us to discuss and want to be a part of the show, you can do so two ways. 301-615-3577. That's 301-615-3577 for our voicemail line, which will get you on the show, especially if you have a good voicemail. Or LockedWFTPod at gmail.com. That's LockedWFTPod at gmail.com. Thanks so much for being with us. For Joe Marino, I'm Chris Russell. Again, catch catch me and Pete Medhurst on the Team 980, the Washington football team flagship station, Monday through Friday, 3 to 7 on the Odyssey app. David Harrison will be back on the next episode of the Locked on Washington football team podcast. Read everything he's writing about the Washington football team at si.com slash NFL slash Washington football. Appreciate you dropping by, spending some of your day with us. Reminder, we are free and available on all platforms right here on the Locked on Washington football team podcast. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.